I'm a better writer than I am an orator, so if it sounds like I'm reading, that's because to some degree I am. But that's because I, I thought carefully about what I wanted you to hear, and I made sure to put it down. So um, don't worry about appearance, don't worry about cadence, but uh, try to think about the words that I've, that I've got here because I, I, I think they're worth hearing today. So a few weeks ago, we had Father's Day. Um, and as a dad, that's always a special day. If, you, you know, if you're familiar with me, you know that Jackson, he's back in there. He's five years old. Um, and becoming a dad gave me just a, a lot of perspective that I'd never had before. Having a child that you love unconditionally gave me a deeper understanding of how God loves us. It helped me to understand his position as a father. It allowed me to relate to the depths of his love and the extent that he wants good things for us. And that his forgiveness is always available to his children. It also reminded me of the very personal nature that was a father-son relationship. And so it helped me to make that connection as it gave me great comfort in understanding God more. And so I actually dwelt on that a long time thinking about just me and God and and how I loved my son, and, and how God loves us. And that, that really um, kind of hit home for me. But recently, I, I thought a little bit more about it, and I realized that in this particular relationship between me and God, um, I, I'm, I'm not the father. I, I, I'm the child. And I know we use phrases like, like child of God, but I think we think about that from the perspective uh, of adult children who are fully grown. I am a child of my father and, and, and my mother, and they're both wonderful people, but um, I, I, I literally had to stop and think, no, God sees us as a legitimate child, a literal five-year-old. And please know I'm not taking away your wisdom or intellect or, or anything like that, but if we put ourselves next to an all-knowing, all-powerful God, truly we are but children. And I thought this was an important concept to explore. For if we as parents, fathers, mothers, grandparents, know that we want our children to be good, and if on that basis we're able to appreciate God's position as a father, well then shouldn't we ask ourselves, how do we be good children? I figured as it had helped me to empathize with God as a father figure, it behooved me to look at my son to understand the mind of a child. So after careful observation, I learned a few things watching Jackson and the other children here, which led me to some practical applications that I want to share with you today. So there's this, this great picture on the internet that I've seen that shows an adult walking with a child uh, where the adult says, I want you to have everything in this world that your heart desires. And the child says, can I have ice cream? And the adult simply replies, no. And this is what it is to be a parent, to want such wonderful things for your children um, and to want them to be happy, but knowing that sometimes giving them what they want in that moment isn't the best thing for them. As children, we, we simply we want what we want. And we don't necessarily think about the consequences, either near-term or short-term or long-term. If the children all came out here and said that they wanted ice cream, we'd have no shortage of reasons why that isn't happening. We're having lunch soon. Ice cream costs money. 
It'll make a mess. It isn't good for you if you eat too much. All logical responses, but not one of them would resonate with those children. Sometimes you have to give the child the complete list of reasons, and even then still, that won't slow them down. And you're left with one final response of why we're not having ice cream. You guys know what that is? Because I said so. I have to tell that to Jackson far too often. This is that all of my logic and rationale are out the window. It's because I said so. And God does that to us sometimes. So there are things like this in life where you know that doing it isn't good, or in some cases doing it to excess is a bad idea. Um, I think if we make a finite set of rules for our children, they would, they would probably look like the Ten Commandments. Uh, because why do we make rules for children? It's not to be arbitrary. It's not just we don't have rules to have rules. We have rules for their safety, and so they grow up to be good people. And so I actually stopped and looked back at the Ten Commandments and said, why would God, as a father, give me these instructions? I may not hit all of these, but the, the first one is, is, you shall have no other gods before me. I think as a parent, I look to my child and be like, Man, I'm your only parent. Well, my wife's around there. I'm your only father. Um, I don't want you to look to any of these other people to be your, your father. I want your guidance to come from me. Um, why? Because well, they may not want the best thing for you. As your real father, I do want the best things for you. So um, that one really hit me that he's not saying, he, he's not jealous. He's not, um, he's looking out for your well-being. I, I think he is a jealous God. I mean, we, 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 that's in the Bible. But he says, you can look anywhere you want for guidance and, and how to grow. Your parents are going to say, no, look to me. You shall not make idols. Um, in the same way, I don't want you to, to follow after other people. I don't, um, to listen to other, other sources of guidance like that. I don't want you to make idols to them. Don't take the name of the Lord, um, your God, in vain. Um, don't abuse your parents. I, I think um, he doesn't want you to grow apart from him in the same sense that he doesn't want you to turn to other people. The Sabbath, uh, he gave that to us for rest. Um, but honor your father and mother. He even goes on to say, pay attention to your earthly father and mother. I, I gave them to you to provide great guidance. Um, so listen to them and respect them. Murder, adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness, and don't covet. Those are general rules about, hey, this is who I want you to be. I want you to be a good person who takes care of and loves your neighbor. Um, there's hundreds of other rules we might lay out for our children, but um, they're all for the right purpose, that we want them to grow up and be good people, successful people. Um, I think a lot of times non-Christians, they will look at the Ten Commandments or they will look at the rules in the Bible um, and you get into Leviticus, I'm not going to, you know, get into that aspect of, of, of how your um, threads need to be dyed or woven. Um, because people get against the rules when they can't see their purpose. But you look at these Ten Commandments and you go, no, there's a very valid purpose to each of these. A lot of times we'll see those rules as just a function to control and restrict. 
Um, but if that was the case, then, then the rules would be far more arbitrary. We would give our children arbitrary rules. Um, you know, um, I can't even think of what an arbitrary rule I might give my son. Don't, um, don't wear sunglasses inside. That's probably practical too, though. Um, so Jesus, he gives us a lot of practical teachings on how to live and why we should behave a certain way. Quite frankly, if you regularly drink too much, it will hurt your body. It will lead you to make poor decisions and possibly put you in dangerous situations. Um, not on the screen, but Proverbs 23, 20 and 21 says, Don't drink too much wine and get drunk. Don't eat too much food and get fat. Drunks and gluttons will end up on skid row in a stupor and dressed in rags. It's interesting because they don't just say, hey, don't do this. They tell you why. It's going to lead you to a bad place. There are functional reasons why we should resist the temptation to do whatever we want. But sometimes it is okay to remember that the reason we don't is because God said so. Please know I'm not telling you not to drink. I, I could not stand up here in good conscience and say that. I'm also not telling you not to get your kids ice cream. Uh, I'm saying that we need to consider negative actions that we're taking and heed both the practical warning and the commandment from your father, keeping in mind that God wants good things for you. So, thought number two was... If you have children, have you been in a store or somewhere in public where the child, not getting what he wants, decides that as punishment for your insolence, that they will throw a tantrum until you give in? My wife and I had agreed early on that we will not negotiate with terrorists. There is no action the child can take that we can't endure or walk back from. Of course, as they move out of the tantrum phase, their negotiating skills get refined. And whether they are lobbying for a toy, McDonald's, or often in our case to play Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare 2, they will determine what it is that they have to offer. When in reality, your child really has nothing tangible to trade. Maybe obedience. And I think we do that a little bit with God sometimes. You try to negotiate with God. Have you prayed with an if statement? If you do this, I will do that. I think every big sporting event comes with its share of this. Davey and I might have been here a little bit. Lord, if you will just let the Panthers win the Super Bowl, I will go to church on Sunday or start living right. But you were coming to church anyway, so no. Um, so, but when we do that, we're essentially sitting at the card table with God. We have no money, we have no cards, and we're trying to bluff God. Instead, I would rather my child, when he comes to negotiate, humble himself and ask what his heart desires without conditions. Because in Jackson's world, I am reasonably all-powerful. The vast majority of his wishes are technically within my power to grant. But if I gave him all of the toys, snacks, money, or trips that he wanted, would I be a good father? No. And the same goes for your God. Your wishes are within his power. Your prayers are within his power. But is granting them the best thing for you and others involved. 
So James 4, 2 through 3 says, You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Here's the second part. When you ask, you do not receive because you, are, you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. I think a lot of times people will stop at the, you don't have because you didn't ask. Oh, well then, let me go ask. You have to think about what it is that you're asking for and why. And then when you, when you do ask God, ask with a humble heart and don't negotiate. You have no chips with God. As I think back to my own childhood, I can remember two key phrases from my mom. One is, I don't want you hanging out with those kids. And the other is, if everybody jumps off a bridge, would you jump too? And the easy answer was no. I'm afraid of heights, falling, and bridges. But the reality was that they were never jumping off bridges. They weren't doing that. They were doing other things, that, things that seemed fun in the moment. I think it's hard being a kid. And we look to our friends to see what they are doing. Um, and to see when, when things seem to go well for them, we, we want to emulate that. Jackson, if the moment an older boy comes around, that, that, that boy will inherit a shadow. And Jackson will follow them and want to do exactly what those boys do. doesn't matter what it is. doesn't matter what, whether it's good or whether it's right. Um, he takes his cues from, from what he sees. We all want to fit in. Groupthink and peer pressure, it's relentless with kids. And trying to resist the popular trend can be difficult at any age. And if you don't believe me, go to a bar with friends but say, no thanks, I don't drink. Every patron in that bar just became a psychiatrist trying to figure out why you don't drink or simply maybe you haven't tried the right drink. Um, yeah, if you show up and you don't drink, um, they find that very peculiar and they're not going to let you go until they get a reasonable answer. What we and our children have to remember is that just because it is popular does not mean that it is right. And sometimes we may have to stop playing with other kids that are a bad influence. Mom would tell me that maybe we need to find some new friends. And quite frankly, that is why I'm coming to church and making these connections here is so valuable. Because here you can find friends that aren't leading you to encourage you to disobey your father. Because again, why did he make the rules? Not for the sake of, of restricting you, but because he wants, you, he wants the best things possible for you. And then sort of... I think it's easy to get caught up in, in the trend, doing what other people are, are doing. Um, and that's why, you know, I, I look to these folks um, to provide guidance for me. It tells us to seek wise counsel. Um, certainly that starts by, by praying, but it also um, is about joining with other folks that are, that are giving you good guidance. 
So lastly, I think it's important to remember that you were made in God's image. Um, I think we take that a little for granted at times. People tell me often that Jackson looks like me. He is my son, made in my image. And this is the very personal connection uh, that God wanted. God made that a function of who we are, that our children should share our traits and appearance. If God had wanted it, each child could be a random series of characteristics. Just sort of DNA lottery. Or we might all look the same. That might have been possible. But he didn't. For our children, you can look at them and see the aspects of their mother or father, sometimes a little more one than the other. But God has passed his form down to you. I kind of see his hand in, in everything that, that occurs between me and my son. And I have to remember the roles that um, I'm his child, I'm his father, um, and experiencing that, that love in, in both directions. Because beneath the exterior, though we still remain children, we're obstinate, and we will argue with God, we will try to negotiate for what we want, and we will spend time with him when it behooves us. His rules or guidance, they will get in our way, and we will say things, just let me do it my own, on my own. Jackson does that to me often. He might be struggling with whatever it is, whether it's a part of a video game, trying to tie shoes or things like that. He, do, he doesn't need my help, when in reality, very often he might. I think God probably looks on us sometimes and goes, I, I'd help you if you'd just ask. Um, and then other times he goes, I'm really proud to see you accomplish that on your own. It's, it's a balance, but I want you to, to know that um, when you have struggles, when you have challenges, uh, don't, don't struggle too long on your own. Turn to God and ask for help. We'll also seek the guidance and approval from others instead of going to a definitive source. When Jackson needs help, does he turn, does he turn to me? No, he will turn to his, his cousin, who's three years older. Is my son better off getting guidance from his father, who has been on this earth for 41 years, or a seven-year-old? Or perhaps he can find a sagely old 12-year-old to guide him. So why do we as adults do the same? Again, I'm not saying don't turn to wise counsel, but seek the wisest of counsel before you turn to men. And hopefully with God's guidance, you can discern wisdom from popular belief. And I'm kind of wrapping up here, and I know it's not as long as Lance would go. Um, it's because I don't meander, but I don't think anybody's ever said to get out of church early. Um, but daily as I watch him and I see what he goes through and I see the obstinate nature 
I see the, the challenges, and I realize, man, I'm, I'm just a bigger version of him doing the same things over and over again and wondering why I struggle in my life the same way he does. The challenges are different. The size is different. Um, but the, the reality is the same, is, is that I'm a child doing childish things when there's a perfectly helpful father. And he's not, not always visible. And that's, uh, you know, Jackson, you'd think as a, having a visible father, he'd go, man, I'm going to rely on that guy. Um, Jackson, we always have to be on him because he, he wants to hit me and, 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 and mommy over there. No, don't, don't hit us. We, we love you. I think we do that. We, sometimes we, you know, unintentionally, um, you know, we, we hit God. And then, you know, hours later, we want to go back to God and be like, I was just kidding. That's what Jackson does. I was just kidding. I was just playing around. I didn't mean it. Are we doing that to God? Are, are, we, are we just kidding? Hey, that sin yesterday, last night, I was, I was just kidding. I was just playing around. Because today I need your forgiveness because I really want to play Garden Warfare too. Or I really want you to help me with my problems at work. Or I really want you to help me with problems with, you know, with alcohol, pornography, drinking, stress, anxiety. I really want you to help me with my problems. If you'll just do this, I'll start living a better life. When we look at our children, we go, no, son, I, I want you to take the first step. I want you to show me that you've got confidence and, and, and you're making wise decisions and that when you need help, come to me. Don't, don't go to the 12-year-old, the 7-year-old. So in closing, I want you to think about the guidance that you give your children. And now take that perspective as guidance from God. You want good things in life for your children, just as God does for you. Therefore, please, strive to be a good child to be a being, to a being that is a mighty and loving father. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, just to humble ourselves, to, to be that child again in front of you and say, I, I need my help. I, I need help. I need help tying my shoes. I need help getting through my day, Lord. Um, and thanks that we can come to you for guidance and for help and for peace and comfort and that we can come to other people that are of a similar mind, Lord, um, Help us to love one another, Lord. Forgive us when we fail you. Try to redirect us so that we're not just constantly, just kidding, Lord. Can't be just kidding. We want to do right by you. We want to be good children, Lord. Again, forgive us when we fail you. Keep us safe as we go about our week. Bless Pastor Lance and his family. Um, and uh, just help us, to, help us to be good children, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thanks. You guys have a great week. Uh, see you next Sunday, 1030.